All right, we're, we're good. Okay, welcome to Season of Change, Transforming Your Life Through the Power in the Word of God. I am your host, Evangelist Jeremiah Joseph, and I have my guest here tonight from United States of America, Tennis. She is a great woman with great wisdom, and she's married with kids, and her name is Wendy. Please help me join me and welcome my friends to this platform, Season of Change, from Nigeria, West Africa. I remain your host, Evangelist Jeremiah Joseph. My beautiful guest, can you kindly introduce yourself to all our audience that are listening to us, watching us live on this program? Awesome. Yes. Hello, everybody. My name's Wendy Cunningham, and I am from Tennessee in the United States, as you mentioned. I have three kiddos. They're nine, almost 10, and seven and five. And we actually live on a 84 acre huge farm in, in the middle of the country. And my husband and I both work from home. I'm an author and a podcaster as well. And I'm excited to be with you guys. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's nice having you on this platform. We have many of our guests that we've interviewed on this platform. People like Al Jones from Phoenix, Arizona, USA. And yeah. we have our friend, uh, Minister Williams uh, from the Veronica Williams from United States also. We are happy to have you and we are expecting many of our guests to come online very small, maybe after this podcast, we'll still have some dates with them. And we'll be enjoying your audience who plays that they should join us on this podcast so that they too can benefit from what you want to share with us tonight, from yeah. your experience on how you encounter the true God, true the, uh, your own religion, how you get to encounter the true God. You sent some messages to me that your husband never questioned you why you are atheist, but yet I believe that God has a purpose for every man on earth, and he has a way of bringing people down to himself because it's been written in the Bible that in the days of his power, people will be willing. And my guests tonight, Wendy will be sharing that experience, how she encounter the true God through her own religion. Ma, can you go on, just give us brief details how you encounter the true God as an atheist? Absolutely. Yes. So I was, um, I think it's a little funny to say I was raised an atheist because that's, you know, it kind of happens accidentally when you're an atheist, but, um, my grandmother and my mom, and of course my sister and I had never went to church. You know, we were in the public school system, which is very secular. So if you're not exposed to church, you can absolutely miss <laughs> the creation conversation altogether. And uh, that was certainly the case for me. I grew up never really understanding who Jesus was or, um, you know, that I, I could have been created. We had very different conversations in the public school setting. 
you know, evolution and the big bang theory and all of these other more scientific or um, humanist approaches to understanding, you know, where we all came from and where we're going when we die. And frankly, when you're young, you don't really necessarily think about those things, especially if they're not in a conversation that you're having regularly. Right. And so I, I made it to my early twenties. I went through college as an atheist, you know, growing more and more firm in my belief that there was no God and the, the conversation was silly to even have. And as of course, God would have it spoiler alert. I'm now, I'm now a completely devout Christian follower of God, but, um, I started dating my, who would become my husband, his name's Tom. And he was a Christian, you know, very rooted in his faith. And when we started dating, there was, um, a a natural conflict there, right? I believe I think that um, believing in God is such a fundamental foundation for uh, your whole life. So for me to not believe in God and for him to very firmly believe in God, that's a massive conflict. And what's funny about that is he approached it very civilly and kindly with all the fruit of the spirit. (laughs) And I was very antagonistic of his beliefs. It was actually me that pushed on it and pushed on it and pushed on it. Um, because I thought it was silly. You know, I really didn't, um, think I thought it was very easy to push over a belief in God. And I think a lot of people who are evangelizing and talking to people who don't believe in God about God, we often start with, Bible verses or, you know, just trying to tell people, let me tell you about who God is and what God is. And for me, because I didn't believe in any of that, that was not making an impact at all for me. Instead, what my husband did was he challenged, he asked me questions about what I believed as an atheist. You know, he, he started with questions like, I actually wrote a book and the book is called what if you're wrong and it's based off of this whole story, this testimony, but that was one of the first questions my husband asked me, what if you're wrong? (laughs) What if your beliefs are not correct? And of course I can throw that question right back at him and well, what if you're wrong? But he really pushed me to, well, tell me more Wendy about, could you have been created or are you certain you couldn't have been created. And that prompted me to ask myself the question, why do I think I wasn't created, (laughs) you know, and kind of just reflect on where did this belief come from for me? And that made me think, well, my grandma, who was a huge woman in my life, you know, a huge um, influence for me, she was very, very firm And there is no God. So obviously my mom adopted that belief and I adopted that belief. I never really wondered whether or not it was true. It was just what my family believed. And those were important people to me. And so that's what I believed. And then as I went through school and that belief was never challenged. And I was given a lot of stories about 
how you can believe in how the world came to be and how I came to be on the world without God involved in the story, then I thought, great. Well, I don't even have to have the conversation about God, what, what my family believes and what my school is teaching me. That's enough. I don't need to think any more about it. That's what I believe. And obviously as an adult, when I was trying to have that conversation with my husband, I was really embarrassed that that's really, I was staking my whole life, my whole eternity on some real flimsy answers to these questions, you know? And so it sent me on a journey of reflecting and, and a lot of my foundations crumbled really quickly. And it's all based on the, the, the premise that there is an absolute truth about God. There is a truth. He either exists or he doesn't exist, right? There's no in-between. And if you are truly seeking the truth, there is only one truth. And if your, your heart is to know what the truth is, you will arrive at that truth. And my husband, that's where his faith was, that if I just send Wendy on a journey, on a search for what is true, she will discover it. And that's exactly what happened <laughs> over, over time. It wasn't just one conversation or one, you know, moment, but it was a journey of unraveling what I thought I knew for sure and encountering the possibility of God first. And then ultimately, and I know that um, you're expecting your first baby. When I was expecting my first baby, I had this recognition of there is a earthly parallel to God in, in creating as a parent, right? I am creating a life of a child that, you know, I don't know who this child's going to be. I don't know the choices that they're going to make. My whole desire is for them to be happy and to be successful and to feel loved by me, but they can choose once this baby's outside of my body, it's going to become a grown up, and it can choose to reject me, to abandon me to, you know, all it, it does not have to choose to love me back. And I had that realization when I was pregnant and it broke down those last barriers that that's exactly how God feels about me. He just wants for me to feel loved by him. He just wants me to recognize him as his, as my parent, my father. Right. And here I am just rejecting him and not choosing him and how brokenhearted he must be as I would be if that were the case with my child. And so when I was about eight and a half months pregnant, right at the end, I remember being um, in my room folding laundry. My husband was at work and I had, I was just kind of thinking in my head, praying. <laughs> and I had this encounter. God came into the room. I felt him as if it were a, a, a human, just a regular guy walking in my room. I really just felt the presence of God. And it, I got down on my knees right then and there and just said, you know, I can't. I don't have all the answers. I don't know all that it means to follow God, 
but I'm, I'm willing and I'm recognizing that you've been chasing me and I've been just blind to that. And you've been working in my story even before I recognized you. And so that was a massive turning point for me was, was that was 10 years ago. My daughter's about to be 10. So 10 years ago, I made that shift and decision, but yeah, that's kind of my, my journey to, uh, unraveling my atheism and, and following God. Wow. That's great. It was a great encounter. And I want to ask you some questions, just brief questions. Sure. Uh, what this uh, belief or sentiment belief, sentimental belief that there is no God, what effect does it have on your relationship or in your marriage when you have not yet encountered the true God? Oh, um, a lot. You know, when I came into my relationship, if you are... I mean, let's start with, look at the world today. I cannot imagine facing what we're facing in this world right now without a faith in a God who is good and a God who is sovereign over all of it, right? So you can imagine if you don't have a faith in a God who is good and a God who is in control, then you are filled with fear. You're filled with anxiety. You're filled with depression. And that was me. <laughs> I felt like I I'm afraid of the future. I'm afraid of the bad things that I see in the world. I'm afraid of my husband leaving me. I'm afraid of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, I had a lot of trauma in my life because I didn't have a foundation in some, in good values. And so I made a lot of bad decisions as a teenager and, you know, young adult that made me carry a lot of wounding into my relationship without hope. I had no hope. I just felt like I'm a victim. I am broken. I am damaged and there is no redemption for me. Right. If you can imagine the weight of all of that, that's who I was. And that is how I came into my marriage. And that is hard. That's a heavy burden for my husband to try to pick up, right? And, and share that message of hope. And, and it was actually a beacon. He was such a beacon for me because he had that hope. He had that just confidence that everything was going to be okay because he trusted that a good God was in control of everything. I didn't know what that felt like. So I envied his peace and confidence, right? Which the Bible tells us that we will have a peace that defies understanding. He mm -hmm. certainly had that. And I could not figure out why do you just think everything's going to be great? But it, even though I didn't have the faith that he had, the hope that he had was still an anchor for me. So um, it, it, it created a, a kind of a beautiful dynamic in our relationship. He brought a lot of hope to me that I didn't have even before I encountered God. Um, and he brought a lot of strength to me that I never had before. Um, but it is very challenging, as I said, to have somebody who believes something so radically different than what you believe. I mean, when you're talking about, do we want to have kids? 
you know, I'm like, well, what are you going to, what are you going to want to teach our kids? Because we believe different things, you know, it's complicated. And it was, it was going to be a, a rough road, but again, the Bible says to not be unequally yoked for this reason, because it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. It's a big burden for him to carry, you know, but ultimately he knew I was searching for truth. And if I was searching for truth with a true heart to find it, then I would find it. So he was confident that I was going to, I was going to encounter God. Wow. That's great. I want to say this at this point that your husband is a man sent by God Absolutely. to your life. And I, he, he, is, he was sent by God to your life to bring hope yes. that Jesus Christ is truly your Lord and Savior. And I'm happy that today you can be proud that you are a true Christian. Absolutely. I'm happy for you, Wendy. I'm happy for you. And I want to ask you another question that may you look like the first question I've asked you, since you have encountered the true God, have you enjoyed, what is the difference uh, that you enjoyed in your marriage when you've not yet encountered God and now that you've encountered the true God? What is the difference? What have you realized in your marriage? Sure. Um night and day difference, you know, very, um, very different. Um, it's kind of funny because as I, you know, if, if you remember your own journey to, you know, whenever you made that decision as an adult, or maybe a a child to follow God in a, in a way that you could understand that decision, you almost become obsessed with learning and, you know, going deeper and understanding. And you're so excited about, you know, this new hope and this new faith and joy that you have. And so, um, I ended up kind of passing him almost on my faith journey because we, he was not going to church when we started dating, he believed what he believed, but he wasn't active in like, he wasn't reading the Bible. He wasn't, you know, going to church. And so when I was seeking so much understanding about, okay, who is Jesus now? And how does he fit into the picture? And, you know, what is the Bible? You know, what is it? What is this book meant to do? And, and what do I need to know about it? You know, there's so many questions. If you've never held a Bible in your hand, if you can imagine, you know, I just, we had a lot of conversations, my husband and I, he had a lot of wonderful direction but I also met some people in my life also absolutely sent by God to take me to the next place. And I got involved in a Bible study and a small group with women where I could explore some, you know, on a deeper level and understand the Bible in a different way. And so I was taking those steps and my husband wasn't, you know, he was kind of still staying where, where he had met me in our relationship. And so there came a point where I was like, honey, we need to go to church. (laughs) We need to start, you know, really engaging more in our faith as a family and putting Jesus at the center and all of that. And so there was a little bit of a flip-flop where I kind of became the spiritual head of our household for a, a little, for a season, if you will, which is kind of a funny turn of events, but 
now he has certainly stepped back into that role. We've been married for 13 years. So, um, you know, we've, we've changed back those roles. He's definitely our spiritual leader in our household, but the, the way that we make decisions as a married couple is always through prayer, always through discernment. Um, whereas before, obviously that was not the case. Um, we're far more willing to just be surrendered in our lives to whatever God has for us, wherever he would take us. Whereas before things in the natural mattered way more to me, I need to be near my mom. I need to have this much money and I need to do, you know, like, because I could only see things in the natural. I, I had no faith beyond. So now we're really able to truly be followers of God because we're like, wherever you want us to go, that's how we ended up in, in Tennessee. I'm actually originally from California. So he brought us out here. I'd never lived on a farm before. Now we're on a farm, you know, we're, we're just really able to let him lead, um, together and agree upon that as opposed to fight about it. So absolutely night and day. Wow. That's great. And I thank God for your life that you are a humble woman. That is ready to do the will of God and to follow that which the mind of God is saying to you. And I want to say this, that this is a lesson for every woman that is married. Uh, your husband is the spiritual head of the family. Amen. And for us to have an ideal home, you have to let your husband lead, no matter what your, your position, your career, or whatever uh, let me say your riches or whatever you have, your husband is still the head of the family. I'm Absolutely. happy for you, Wendy. And I want to ask you another question. What about your immediate family, maybe from your mother's side, uh, that believed in the same, that have the same believed with you then? What, where are they today? What are they saying about you? Are you really preaching Christ to them? Or your life is reflecting that truly there is a God that they don't know. Tell me about that. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I think that because my entire immediate family did not believe, I really had to, again, I'll use the word surrender to, I have a role to play, but Holy Spirit also has a role to play. It's yeah. not... It's not my job to take them all the way from where they are to where I want them. <laughs> I, yes. My job is to continue to confess the truth, continue to stand in the truth. And like you said, be the light and be the example. What I think about my husband, he was, he had that peace. He had that confidence. He had hope that I didn't have. So I really try to be those exact things recognize that I must be the example of peace that defies understanding. I have got to be a beacon of hope always for people that no matter what happens, there is a God who is good and he is in control over it. So I don't have to fear what is coming down the pipe. So absolutely. I'm, I am professing my faith as much as I possibly can. My sister, I have one sibling. My sister, I would say is if she is not fully all the way saved, she is right there. She is absolutely on the journey that I was on. And she is 
in prayer. She's going to church. She is absolutely has moved just leaps and bounds. Um, praise God. Uh, my mom, I would say, is a, a little farther away from where I would love for her to be, but I don't know. I don't know the position of her heart. Right. And I know that, um, I read this book that I recently wrote, uh, you know, I talk about my grandmother, her mom, um, who has passed away and my, my influence from her and my hopes and, and prayers for her, um, and for my mom and for my sister. And I know that that book resonated with my mom and that, she knew how against these very beliefs I once was. And so for her to watch me go from that place to the place I'm at now, and to know that I logically think it through, I'm not a leap of faith girl. I'm not just a, okay, that sounds good. You know, like I need to have answers. I need to understand it. And so she knows that that's the journey I walk through walked down myself. So I do believe and have faith and I'm in constant prayer over her salvation as well. Um, but my, my dad has since passed away. My grandmother passed away again. I don't know, um, the state of their heart at that time. I can only hope, but, um, they're absolutely, I have seen the ripple of my conversion and what that has meant for the people in my sphere of influence. Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a, a, again, I have to constantly remind myself, I cannot, I can only do my part and he's not asking me to do his part. I can only do my part. That's all he's brought me here to do, you know? Yes. Yes. So now I want to ask you, which denomination do you belong to? I mean, the church you attend now. Yeah, non-denominational, just a non-denominational okay. Christian church. Yep. Okay. Do you go for evangelism? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, the church that we go to now is very much a... Um, spirit-led church, you know, very um, charismatic. The goal of our church is, is salvation. You know, there's a, a altar call at every, every service, you know, we're absolutely um, focused on, especially in the world today. It's, it's just, it's what's missing, right? It's the, it's the thing that yes. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, we don't need uh, uh, overhaul. I mean, yes, we do need an overhaul of our political climate. Yes, we do need an overhaul of our economy and, and, you know, with the pandemic, all of those things are needed, but above that we need massive revival and massive salvation. And that is the goal of, of our church, of our family of, you know, hopefully the larger church. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I believe I want to say this, that maybe one day you will become a pastor. Uh, who knows? I am open to whatever God has for us. But I think that, you know, what is a pastor? A pastor is a, a teacher, right? A, a, a professor of, of faith. And absolutely, I think we all play that role a little bit. And 
um, with my podcast, with, you know, my book and I write a blog, I'm a speaker. So in all those ways, I'm, I'm hoping to be a teacher and a, a an educator. Um, I don't know. I'm absolutely open to that in the future. If that's where God has me, it's kind of funny. Cause I think, am I, I don't know that I'm qualified, but of course that's always the enemy is you're not good enough. You can't do that. You know? So I, 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 I'm open to that for sure. Okay. Can you tell us how many numbers of book have you published? I've only published one. I co-authored a book. So I wrote one part of a book before this book that I recently released. So let's call it one and a half books are published. <laughs> uh, okay. What, what is the, let me say, what is the name of your blog? My blog is called Gaining My Perspective. So it's gainingmyperspective.com. That's also the name of my podcast, Gaining My Perspective podcast. Yeah. Okay, no problem. We'll be publishing that on our magazines, The Rising Sun, the next edition. And we'll be expecting you to give us more details in writing about you. All these things I'm asking you, you give us details on writings or we'll publish them in order for other people to read so that they can get converted. That's Christ, love them, is waiting and his hands are widely open to embrace them back home. I'm really happy to have you on this podcast. And I believe one day your husband too will become a pastor of a church. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell him you said so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be great. That would be great because he's already counting. You are his first member. Mm -hmm. one, uh, yes, you're your first member, then your children. Then yes. maybe other people will follow. Absolutely. So maybe, uh, do you have any other things you want to add for the people that you are listening to us or people that will listen to all this video? or this podcast after now, can you brief tell us some things you want us to really know, know about Christendom or about Christianity that you have achieved or that you have learned in the year, the little year that you have been converted to Christian? Can you tell us that? Yeah, um, I think that as Christians, obviously, I hope that we are bold in our evangelism, that we are bold to share our testimony and our own conversion story and, and the testimonies upon testimonies of the way that God has moved in our everyday life. And I would encourage you to write them down, keep a journal of the ways that God has spoken and moved in your life so that you are, um, you know, making a chronicle of your own faith journey for yourself and also for your children um, so that you don't forget what God has done in your life, you know? And um, I also would say to not undervalue the power of prayer, the power of prayer to move, the power of prayer to heal, the power of prayer to, um, to intercede in the supernatural. You know, we are, um, we are, temples of God. We have the Holy spirit. This is just, I, you cannot emphasize enough the authority that we carry as Christians. This is something that I'm continuing to learn and just be 
amazed by that God would give us such a, a gift and a blessing of constant access to him, constant guidance and answers and um, counseling from him directly all the time. I mean, you think about the old Testament, they had, you know, they followed a cloud in the wilderness and all of these things that we think, well, I just wish I could see God in that way. That's like a tangible way. And I just think, well, don't you think they would rather have God in their heart all the time, 24 seven, you know, that to me is the preference. And we walk in that authority. We, we speak in Jesus name, you know, we have such authority. So, um, don't underestimate the power of prayer and, um, the, your own authority in Christ as a believer. Thank you very much. I want to ask you these last questions before I bring it to a close. Um, uh, what do you think is the hope of Christianity in America in the next five to 10 years to come? What is the hope of Christianity in America? Yes, with the situation on ground, with everything happening in America, what is the hope of Christianity? Is there any hope? Of course, <laughs> there's always hope. Um, that's a great question. I think that there need we are very, very divided. That's a rooster. I live on a farm. I don't know if you can hear that rooster. That's yes, no problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> oh, so great. Um, we are very divided as a nation, very divided. And, um, that, that is really hard to navigate. And a lot of people have surrendered, like I said, a understanding that there is a power and a plan beyond what we can see. And they have surrendered to the fear of what is happening in the natural and the desire to control um, not just what they're doing, but what everybody else is doing. That's what we're facing, right? Is with mandates and, you know, lockdowns and just a, a massive attempt at control. And I'm not just speaking about the government controlling the people. I'm talking about neighbors controlling neighbors um, through shame and guilt. And it's, it's so sad to see. And what we need is unity in the church so that people who are not believers can see the unity of the believers and the peace in the believers. And I don't mean to say that everyone needs to think the same thing because that's not unity. That's conformity. We need unity, right? We need, it's okay if you don't agree with me, but we need to be able to still come together and recognize God still is over it all. No matter what I think or what you think, God is over it all. And that, again, that doesn't mean that we can't feel passionately about what we believe should be done in our nation or in our world, but we have to be humbled and submitted under Christ. And we're just not there, but I do believe that God is um, in control over it. And so he's even in control over our disunity and it is for our good. <laughs> I believe that it is for our good and that's where the hope is. So whether it's for our good, um, because we need this discipline and correction, we might be under God's judgment right now. And I am absolutely, we deserve it if that's the case. And that yeah. is for our good. I'm a parent. I can tell you that 
we need discipline and it is for our good. Um, or he's using this to move us to the end of ourselves where there is no choice, but to recognize there has to be a higher power. There has to be something else I can put my faith in other than me. And he's just going to cause massive revival. And, um, you know, that's going to be the answer. I'm not sure which it is, but there's always hope because his plans are so much greater than our plans. Okay. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. But let me say, can you give us your best Bible verse? verse? Or my, the chapter and the verse, my yes. favorite Bible verse is uh, Philippians 1, 6. And I want to read it because I will, I can paraphrase it, <laughs> but I want to um, read it specifically. And of course I should have already had it pulled up because I could have known that you were going to ask me, but here it is. And this is just so speaks to my journey. So Philippians 1, 6, I am sure of this that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So it is God started the journey in me, in my heart. He authored it. He started it and he will complete it. It is not mine to complete. I can't strive to complete it. He is in control of it. And that is such, that just gives me such peace that he started it and he will complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for that. Thank you very much. Let me say, I will be bringing it to a close here while we'll be putting the recording to an end and maybe we can do other discussion after this. Uh, all our audience, this is Season of Change, transforming your life through the power in the word of God. And my beautiful guest I'm having tonight is Wendy from Tennis, United States of America. She's a great woman. She has told us the story how she encountered the true God, how she got converted through her husband and tell us more story about herself and how God has been using her even to change some people even in her family, I mean, immediate family. And I know that God will continue to strengthen you but before we go, can we you just please tell our audience your podcast, your website, and just brief details about all the things you do? Yes, so you can go to. Why I said this so that they can get connected to you too, through your podcast. Absolutely. Gainingmyperspective.com is where you can find all the things. The, my book that I wrote, my podcast is there, my blog is there. Um, everything that I do, I send a newsletter out uh, once or twice a month. So you can subscribe to that to just stay in the know of what I'm doing and what different things I'm putting out. So um, everything's right there. That's where you can find me. I'm actually not on social media these days. So that's the only place that you can catch me. But I look forward to chatting with y'all. No problem. Thank you very much. I believe you have a printed copy of your book. Yes. Okay, Absolutely. may you sign? So maybe Absolutely. I'll be expecting you to sign your autograph on one. Absolutely. And I'll send you my address so that you can send them to me. I will put it in my library so that I'll have your book in one of in my library. So I'm it. happy to have you on this platform. You are welcome. So may God bless you and keep you. And I believe that on the last day, well, on the last day of resurrection, 
we'll all be together in the presence of God, then happily seeing ourselves. Thank, please kindly say me well to your husband, Pastor Tom. I really <laughs> appreciate him giving you permission to join us on this platform. I believe by next, maybe in our next meeting, I will see him close to you or sitting by you. Then I will have some questions for him too. Absolutely. So we'll make, plans, we'll make plans for that. And I pray that God will keep us until we meet again. Thank you very much. God bless you. Bye. You also. Thank you.